This is DWZ Podcast here, the leader of WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling of AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, Jay Rodier. So, welcome back, listeners. So, I'm sorry I couldn't do a podcast yesterday. I was reviewing New Japan Pro Wrestling finals of the uh, World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League. Have to say it was a fantastic timing due to the fact that Chaos won both tur- uh, tournaments. It was the night of Chaos. Uh, I'm so happy for Leo Rush and Yo. First time ever. They, to me, are the underdogs due to the fact that they never teamed up before. But they pulled it off. And, of course, Bushimon, members of, also members of Chaos, um, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto winning their second time in a row back-to-back. World Tag League, so I'm happy for that. But I'm not here to talk about that. Let's talk about certain developments that have been going on. <coughs> and this one you may have been hearing a lot recently all over social media, the internet, wherever. Mandy Rose has, uh, as you know, there's been some situations coming about her. So let's talk a little bit about that. This past Tuesday, Mandy Rose, uh, as you know, it opened up with Roxanne Perez, who is the number one contender, the challenger for the NXT Women's Championship, um, attacked her out of the blue. And, of course, Roxanne decided instead of waiting for New Year's Evil, she decided let's go for it. And the match went pretty well until Roxanne applied the Pop Rocks, giving her the the opportunity to (coughs) become our brand new NXT Women's Champion. I think this is what many fans have been asking for because Roxanne, we all know how good she is. She's a prodigy. She has worked her her whole life all the way from the age of 16 to be where she's at now. But, however, certain questions were rising about why did they drop the match. However, many people speculated that the reason she dropped the title was because... We all thought the same thing. Possibly she's being moved back to the main roster. It turns out it wasn't that. The following day in the morning, that's when the news broke down. Mandy Rose was released from the company. (coughs) Now, this is shocking in some ways, in some capacity, hearing that. I asked myself, why? Why was she released? It turns out that Mandy Rose was violating terms of agreement in her contract with WWE. And it turns out that she has some explicit content on her private page that is a total violation of her, her deal with WWE. Now, many people can find this, okay, we've seen this type of thing before. True. I mean, who could f- forget about pay, uh, Paige, currently known as Soraya, uh, with her leakage of her uh, uh, of her private stuff that was leaked out too. And I think that kind of goes. But the thing is, she was not in trouble. She was never, how to say, fired or let go. They just suspended her or, or removed her from TV for a short while. We could have asked ourselves why <coughs> why they couldn't do that for her. Well, I don't know either. 
but it was kind of strange that that happened. And she was warned that she needs to stop doing that. However, there were certain things that came into light about China said this once before. If you guys remember, long before China passed away, she actually got involved with Playboy. Uh, she did say they, they paid her more from what WWE were paying her at the time. And we ask ourselves, that could be a possibility. I mean, what if that's what's happening with Mandy Rose? What if she was being paid a lot more than she was expecting when she, in WWE? That's the possibilities. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but that's something that can be discussed and talked about. And anything's possible for what we've been hearing. Now, I know some of you WWE fans are hoping that, hope she doesn't go to AEW. Look, I don't know if it's a good fit for her, but she can be valuable. Or who knows what Mandy Rose is planning to do. Uh, recently, I did saw a tweet by the Pink Dream, Alex Gracia, saying, let's team up. I wouldn't know if um, Mandy Rose would be up for it, but it would make a lot more sense. I'm not sure if she'll be taking independent bookings. I don't know if she's ever wrestled independently. But it would be interesting for her to do that. So who knows what's going up. Um, I, I know she's engaged to be married with her, her man Tino. If you guys remember him, he was the guy who was the guy who was, um, spying on AEW on behalf of Vince. That sort of thing. But who knows what Mandy Rose is going to do. A lot of developments. But here's another interesting part. It turns out that Mandy Rose was the one who gave the notice 15 minutes prior before the show uh, NXT started. I'm not sure if that's 100% true, but if it is, then it would make a lot more sense. So if WWE are not going to play ball with her, I'm sure she's going to make her own decisions about this. So that's what I do see taking place. So I don't blame her for that. But let's just wait and see what the future in stores for her. If she goes to AEW, great. If not, then that's great too. Now moving on. You also heard about this before. Vincent Kennedy Man wants to make another return to the WWE. I know some of you are thinking, no, we don't want him back. I get it. Things are looking better for WWE since he left. I mean, morale is getting better. Uh, people are getting long, all this and that. I mean, it feels like ever since Vince left, it felt like, how do I say, a dark cloud just left and there's sunshine on everyone. That is what it feels like. And I, I, I can see that. But you don't want the dark cloud to come back. That is the one thing you don't want. But there was no talk, but many people are saying we don't want him back. But however, um... It may not come to that. Now, you ask yourselves this question. Why would uh, Vince want to come back? This is what he had to say. He said that he received bad advice from people that it was probably for the best for him to retire now. He felt that listening to that was not the option. So he thinks listening to the people that told him that he's better off for him to step down and retire is probably for the best. But now, he thought that maybe if he stayed, every all the allegations against him would have just gone away. But I don't think that's going to happen. Because 
apparently new allegations has now surfaced. So that means Vince Kennedy McMahon is now in deep more doo-doo that he is now in. Apparently two more women have spoke out against them. And this dates back all the way to the 1980s. I'm like, oh boy. This is what is going on. Look, I'm saying this. Vince, he needs to stay away from WWE. They're doing better. Now, maybe the problem he sees, okay, maybe things are going better now for the company. But keep in mind, nothing under his, um, under his reign was working. Everything was falling apart, you know? Making decisions, like ripping off scripts, um, all of this and this and that. Everything was falling apart. We always talked about Vince was making bad decisions. That bad decisions that, how do I say, that doesn't make no sense to us, the fans. And I think that's the problem. He doesn't want to wake up. I mean, we woke up when Triple H did it, and he was doing great. And now that he sees the sex, he feels like maybe there's no need for him. Maybe it's better off for him to come back. I'm like, nope, let your son-in-law take over. It'll be fine. So I think that's what we all want. And, I mean, look, we're not going to deny Vince's, um, what he brought in contribution with WWE, but how things are going now are far more better. So let's leave it as that. Now let's talk about uh, <coughs> Final Battle by Ring of Honor. This was the last pay-per-view of 2022. And, of course, the possibility we could have an ROH television show uh, soon. What I loved about this, this match, these matches they had was unbelievably great. Majority of their matches had title changes. Now, which ones did have one? We had, of course, we had brand new six-man uh, tag team champions. We're talking about uh, the Embassy, Brian Cage, Bishop Khan, and his tag partner of the Gates of Agony. Tao, uh, Tao Leona, uh, they defeat <coughs> Dalton uh, Castle and the boys. I thought it was pretty good because I know that there was been a lot of talk about Brian Cage in the past, but now it seems like things could be looking good up for him. And who knows who will be the next challengers for the six-man tag team titles. Then, of course, we have a brand new a a a Ring of Honor Women's Champion, Athena, defeated Mercedes Martinez and bam that was great and also was a great timing because as you know uh, that same night as we witnessed in NXT deadline uh, Roxanne Perez won it turns out that both Athena Palm Athena and Roxanne were students of Booker T and you probably can tell he is a proud papa seeing his students accomplish what they have always dreamed of and I think that's a great thing and I think that's what Athena needed, you know, because we never, we know she was a former NXT Women's Champion back then, but she never went to the big one in Raw or SmackDown, but he did, she did mention that, why did she chose to go to AW? she said that it's all about sex appeal over there, they were trying to give her like, body enhancements, you know, breast implants and all, she was, she's not all about that, she's all about pro wrestling and a little bit of the entertainment. And I think that's what she wanted. And AEW is that perfect uh, promotion that can give you that. So it would make sense on that. And of course we got the 
Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship that ended up in a double co- double uh, collar match. Uh, FTR versus the Briscoes. Man, that match was so brutal. I'm like, wow, it was insane. Blood everywhere. This is a trilogy w- between both teams. If you remember, it was FTR who defeated um, the Briscoes this year. And then later defeat them again in a, uh, forgot what it was, in a best out of three, uh, two falls match. And it was so great. But this time, it was the Briscoes with a little bit of the brutality on their part where they take, uh, uh, what's his name? I think it was Mark who put the chains on the top, on the mouth of, of Dax Harwood, forcing him to pass out, giving the ref the option to, to end the match in favor of the Briscoes. But of course, the Briscoes got the respect. And of course, they were attacked by the Ass Boys, who were sick and tired of their legacy. But we'll see who will be the next challengers for the Ring of Honor tag team titles. And then, of course, that, that became like what? The third? Yeah. The fourth one was, of course, the pure championship between Wheeler Yuta and Daniel Garcia. Now, keep in mind, Wheeler Yuta won that belt. Um, what was it? This year against uh, who was it? The winner, Josh Woods. Yeah, Josh Woods, and of course he lost the title to Daniel Garcia. So that kind of went in it very well. And of course, Wheeler Yuta reclaimed the ROH Pure Championship in his favor, and that said that that makes it four titles changed. But however, the only belt in this scenario was. The world, the Ring of Honor World Television title that was never exchanged. It was between Samoa Joe and Juice Robinson, but Joe was the one who picked up the win when he applied the Muscle Buster onto him. And then finally, we have our last match, the main event, the Ring of Honor World ta- uh, World Championship. We had um, Chris Jericho de Ocho taking on his challenger. <coughs> Claudio Castagnoli. Now, this particular match, if Claudio loses, he has to join the, the Jericho Appreciate Society. But you can tell that they were determined to win. The Jericho would do anything to ensure he wins the match. And then, of course, the, his guinea pigs, Menard and uh, Parker, showed up. And Parker applied the distraction while Menard brought in the baseball bat. And Jericho used that to whack. Um, Claudio Castagnoli in order to ensure that Jericho wins. It backfired. Claudio kicked out. And of course, um, the ref threw out Menard and Parker. Sanyarada boys. But it was, of course, the, the swinging uh, by uh, um, Castagnoli when he went up to 33 seconds. Of course, uh, Chris Jericho to tap. And we I think we had about five title exchanges. In this particular night. I thought it was impressive. Five. That's got to be a record or so. But it's great. I did enjoy Final Battle. And hopefully we do get the ROH television deal. Soon enough. And hope everybody would enjoy that. Now our next topic. If you guys seen what's been going on with Asuka. There's, Asuka has been teasing. About the return of Kana. Now. Let's talk a little bit about that. Those who don't know, before Asuka became Asuka, she was known in Japan as Kana. Uh, 
certain moments, Kana did dress, uh, paint face her face like a joker, like an evil demon type. Um, I never seen that part before, but I've been hearing things about it. Same thing. Uh, but it looks more like Asuka has been teasing about Kana. And this past Monday, we just saw that tease when, of course, um, Asuka was in a match against Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio was there making sure that the match will fall in favor of Rhea Ripley. But however, Dominic Mysterio got missed by Asuka. And this could be the sign of the beginning of Kana's emergence. Now, I would love to see this type of character I don't know how it will be played out, but it would be great. Um, one thing I would like to know, I don't know how this is going to be played out because it's how you present the character. And I think that's one of the key things as a fan. How do they present this character? When you introduce a character that you may have heard of, how would they go? I, I wouldn't know, but... I would say it would be interesting to see it happen. So let's just wait and see in the upcoming weeks. Now our next topic we have Gleet with their MMA show that took place recently. <coughs> Version Zero. Now this wasn't much exciting like I would have thought in some ways. I'm willing to admit that. It's not like big as we've seen with the UFC. I can tell you that the ring was not a steel uh, octagon cage like we've seen with UFC or a round circle like Bellator. No, it was just a regular ring and all that. And we have rest, um, competitors who are from actual fighters. But they did have matches that are MMA rules, kickboxing rules, um, grappling, that sort of thing. I, was, I wasn't too much pumped for this, but I'm willing to admit I was rather curious because... How often do you see these type of things? If you, you ask yourselves this question, why would Gleet decide to, if they're a Japanese wrestling promotion, why did they do that? Well, here's the thing. They do have U, UWF rules, which is almost similar as MMA, but um, I'm sure they want to experiment a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a Gleet boxing. You know, That would be insane, but... I'm going to give it a chance to see how it goes. I mean, the first night, okay, it's pretty good. It was good, but not that good. But, yeah. So, I think that's it for that part. So, let's talk about this last topic because this one right now, um, in the last two hours I've been hearing this, or hour or two, if you guys are big fans of Meltier, then you guys know what's been going on. Recently, it's been told... Meltier did not win best tag team from Tokyo Sports. Some people are calling this a highway robbery. Um, the ones who won this match was Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan of the United Empire. Now, I mean, I'm not going to deny that Khan and Cobb are, are not a, t a, gr a good tag team or anything. But the truth is that we haven't seen much of them as a tag team. Not to mention, they weren't tag team champions. I mean, Meltier are currently are. Many fans are calling this a, a robbery, a discrimination. I get that, you know. And t 
Tai Chi is not happy about this. I mean, he is pissed off. I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in the office demanding to know why that Meltier did not win. But I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to declare war against Cobb and uh, Great Ocon for what transpired. That would be something I would know. But Meltier has shown a other revolution. People didn't know what to expect because here's the thing. If you follow the story between both Tam and Natsupoi, they were once friends back in 2015, but when Tam left a year later from Atlas Girls, they became enemies uh, throughout 2021, and then, then, and then all of a sudden, uh, Natsupoi got under the skin by defeating her for winning the artist belts, and then losing the belts, she reignited her feud with her, and then of course, who could forget the betrayal that took place last July when she super kicked Julia in the face, betraying DDM to side with. I mean, Meltier has been on the on the tear, and not to mention, they they have a pretty good interesting. Um, of course, the double frontier, and I thought it was kind of interesting how they've been getting a lot of noise, a lot of noticed by a lot of fans for what they've been doing but the real question is how did they lost only by one point and that kind of goes into question now i'm not taking anything away from con and cob i mean from what i'm hearing if meltier would have won they would have been the first female tag team to win tokyo sports in the best tag team category and that kind of sets it all. I mean, they did mention they did end up in the top something in PWI. And they have been making noise. So I, I don't know what to make of that. But I'm sure many fans are not too pleased with the whole thing. Um, some people say hopefully next year will be the year. But I don't know. That kind of sets it in. Um, but I, I saw exactly... How Tam is, once again, she's frustrated because if you guys remember, she ended up runner-up in Five Star Grand Prix, and here we go again. Runner-up again in Best Tag Team. That's not a good sign. People say, you should take the runner-up. Guys, runner-up doesn't mean squat. It just means you lost. You know, it doesn't mean you're at the top of the mountain. And that's something people don't get, you know. So... Hopefully they can get better, but some people say with this whole thing, fans should have been the one to vote, but we'll see what happens then. And I think that's pretty much it what we got. Um, hopefully next week we do things differently. As you know, we're getting closer and closer to the end of 2022. Um, we'll find out. Oh, yeah, forgot. That's not it. I forgot to mention this. This was not on my list, so I'm going to put it right now. As you all heard, Suzuki Goon will be uh, disbanding by the end of this year. I forgot about that. Jesus, I'm so stupid. This was coming to a shock. This happened during the finals of both World Tag League and Super Junior Tag League. Now, if you remember, not too long ago, the king, Minoru Suzuki, mentioned that he has something cooking. 
But we didn't know what he was talking about. I mean, it just... It made no absolute sense what he was talking about. But... This... I mean, we we there were speculations by many fans and this and that. And I just didn't know it. But this is what uh, Suzuki mentioned after they defeated... Um, What's their name? House of Torture. Let me pull it up for all of you so you can understand what I mean. And I got the full transcript from a Facebook page called Pro Wrestling Network. Uh, let's see. Let's find it. Okay. This is how it starts. This is from Minoru Suzuki. What are you pl applauding for? In 2011, myself, Taichi, Takamichinuku, started Suzuki-gun. Lance Archer soon followed. And we ran wild, and it's been 11 years since, of highs and lows. Taichi, you really did use to be good for nothing. And look at you now. The experience and knowledge you've gained has become so important for all of us. Lance, I first met you in an indie in Shinkaba first ring. You were the first time in Japan I was the first Japanese guy you've ever faced. Now and forever, you are my brother to me. Desperado, you aren't just some thug. You are one of the aces of the junior heavyweight division in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Kanemaru, whether you line up next to us or supporting up from behind, there is nobody more dependable than you in the ring. Doiki, there's a lot of heel shticks about dragging yourself up through dirt floors. Being out through hell, he lived it for real. That's strength. And Zack, you're not here today, but I'm glad that I went to England and brought you into Suzuki Goon. Someday soon, let's lock up. Take an arm, take a leg, beat the piss out of each other again. So again, why are you all applauding? Since the group was born, you booed us, harassed us, called us shit, told us to die, sometimes throw trash at us. And now look, you really love us. So it's time to say it. In 2023, it's a new voyage for Suzuki Goon. Each member will be taking their own paths. At the end of the year of 2022, Suzuki Goon will be no more. And just like that. Just like that. It just said that. 
Suzuki Goon will be calling it quits. But there's a lot of people talking about, okay, what's going to happen now with everyone? Will they go their separate ways? Someone po- some people posted this on Twitter the entire time. They're talking about, is Taichi Goon... Some people say he could step up as the leader. That is the possibility. I mean, Taichi has grown up a lot. You know, he has become more different than he ever was before. And everyone that were in Suzuki Goon throw in something on the table. They were the ones, the most hated team unit ever. And now that people applaud them because they've done things. I mean, look. You look at guys like Desperado, he has proven why he is one of the best junior heavyweight competitors in New Japan. Doiki, he's the ultimate underdog in every way. He's never won a match, but he has proven himself no matter what. There were times he was so close he could have won, but he pulled off an amazing win against Catch-222 with Kanemaru during Super Junior Tag League. (coughs) Lance Archer, man, the dude's a monster. Then you got Takamichinuku. Well, nothing said about him, but you know, you know what I mean. But <laughs> and um, who else? Zack Saber Jr., one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. And you know who he forgot? Miho Abe. You know who's been a lucky charm to Tai Chi. But I remember during one of the Taka Tai Chi Mania events. Suzuki Goon caked her on her birthday during that event. And, of course, everybody had a great time. I don't know what he could have said for her, but hopefully we get to see her again. I know that hopefully she still continues to serve as Tai Chi's um, lucky charm. But we just got to wait and see for the start of 2023. What will the members of Suzuki Goon now do once Suzuki Goon is no more? Will, will we see Tai Chi Goon? I don't know. But, you may never know. So we'll just wait and see. So I hope everybody enjoys this episode. We got tons of stuff we've been talking about. Uh, there will be more on the next episode next week. So I think that's pretty much it. So I'll see you guys then. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye. Mwah. And have a nice day. Bang!